This podcast is sponsored by the Kerry Golston Ministries International, continuing the vision for end time ministry. Be sure to purchase Kerry Golston's first ever publication, Go Teach My People Faith, co-authored by Pastor Lisa Williams, now available on Amazon.com. We believe that you'll receive wisdom, understanding, favor of God and men, help to all your flesh and bones, and revelation knowledge as you partake of the word. And we believe that your faith is growing exceedingly in Jesus' name. Amen. Come visit us at 160 West 129th Street in Harlem, New York. We'd love to see your face in the place. But for now, enjoy today's message. I don't know about you, but I had me a time Sunday. Amen. I had me a time. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I'm still talking about it. At night. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. In Romans, the 10th chapter. Hallelujah. The ninth verse. Romans chapter 10. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Verse 9. You know, I spoke to you on several occasions. Uh, last, uh, I believe the last two Sundays we were together, perhaps one of the Wednesdays, regarding <clears throat> the, uh, the assignment that the Lord has given me, which has to be primary, international. The church is not primary. The international phase of the ministry is primary. And uh, I just found that out. Not that he just told me. I just found that out. You know, God can speak to us and give us information. And if we don't, if we don't receive it uh, the way he's presenting it, we can misconstrue it. And I was making the, the church the primary of the ministry, but the international, the secondary. So in other words, everything came first here, but that was out of God's order. God said, no, I said, it's not just, just a local church. It's an international ministry. So when I heard that, I, I laughed, you know, like Sarai in the tent when, when the angel told her she was going to have a child, she, she laughed, said, did you laugh? No, no, no. Yes, you did. You might as well fess up. Yes, you did. You laughed. So, uh, because at the time that, uh, that I heard that, that it was an international ministry, I was, we were in my basement and it was only, uh, a handful of us, okay, international, we couldn't even get out of Queens. <laughs> Amen, okay? But see, the Lord forecasts, and then he fulfills. And if you, if you always remember that, if you always keep that first and foremost, that the Lord forecasts, and then he fulfills, you'll never go wrong. Because you may have heard something, getting back into uh, Sunday's message, you may have heard something 10 years ago, and it has not come to pass yet. And you know, oh, well, you know, maybe I missed it. No, you didn't miss it. Remember, the, the word declares that Jesus was born of, the, of a woman in the fullness of time. When the timing was correct, he came on the scene. There's timing for everything. That God does. So he says things to you. To forecast what's coming. 
So you know what's coming if you listen. Hallelujah. But see, when you get sold out to Jesus, even when you miss it and he straightens you out on it, it's no problem. Whatever you said, Lord, whatever you said, I, I might have missed it before, but I hear it now. All right, let's go for it. Amen. We're going to go for it. So uh, let's look at Romans chapter 10. Hallelujah. You know, the prophet said something about the, the Wednesday night crew being the core group, being the core group, the, the, you know, the, 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 the inner circle, so to speak. You know, like you, you look at you look at the, the at the 12 that were with Jesus. There was the 12. Then there was the three. Then there was the one. Amen. So uh, the nine didn't have the same relationship with him that the three had. They had a relationship, but it was different. There was three that were closer. And then they talk about the one. John, he leaned on Jesus' breast. So he was right with him all the time. Isn't that interesting? And he's the one who became the apostle of love. You think of that? He hung out with love all the time. He became the apostle of love. That's not my message, so we're going to go on. Amen. All right, listen to this now. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, very familiar verse. We read it all the time regarding salvation. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, we can stop right there for my message tonight. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Another way of putting that is, Jesus, you are my Lord. Jesus, you are Lord to me. We sing about it all the time. We quote it all the time. But is he really your Lord? And that's what many of us have to ask ourselves because there's some things going on in the body of Christ that say that Jesus really isn't Lord to a lot of people. They say Jesus is Lord, but he's not really Lord to a whole bunch of people who are in church. Some of them every week. And, and I want to look at that tonight because we're too close to the end to mess up now. I've come too far to miss out. Amen. I, I'm going all the way. I've been through too much, cried too much, <laughs> you know, went through too much, got persecuted too much, went without for too long. All right. To give up now, just when the stuff's getting ready to be poured out, I ain't no time to give up now. See, so I want to make sure. I want to be sure. I want to know that I know. So now, I want to come at you from a little different angle with this this evening. And I believe you're going to get something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn to uh, to Psalm one. In Psalm one, beginning with the first verse, it says, "Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful." But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Now watch that now. Be careful here. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. If he's Lord, <laughs> your delight is in his law. And you meditate in it all the time. 
If he's really Lord, you love this word. If he's really Lord, you delight yourself in going through his word. Day and night. That means all the time. Now watch this now. I'm not finished with that. Verse 3. And what's going to be the result of following this Lord and meditating in his law day and night? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now, now, now. Point number one, if he's truly Lord and you're treating him as Lord, you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Planted. There is a cancer in the body of Christ. Most so-called Christians that calling him Lord are not planted anywhere. They, they travel with a little root sack. You know when you buy a plant? You know when you buy a plant? They give you a little sack with the dirt in it. It ain't, it ain't rooted nowhere. It's in the sack so you can move it from place to place. If he's Lord, you're going to be rooted someplace. If he's Lord, you're going to be planted and rooted someplace. And if you're planted and rooted someplace, <laughs> then you're going to bring forth fruit and your leaf will not wither and whatever you do is going to prosper. Say, well, I'm, 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 I feel like I'm rooted and ain't, and ain't nothing happening. Go back and read it again. But, 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 but I, I've been doing everything that I know to do, and I'm not, I'm not bearing any fruit. Go back and read it again. If God said it, it's true. And if he's Lord, you believe what he said. So I don't see it. Quit looking. It's there. Because he's Lord and he said so. And if he's my Lord... I believe what he says. And if I believe what he says, it's got to come to pass. Do you realize that that's when it happens? When you believe what he says. Not when you just read what he says. When you believe what he says. And see, when you believe what he says, he's Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So anyway, I was going to say, I was saying, there's a cancer in the body of Christ. And I, I've given it a name. And I call it self-will. Self-will. Jesus said, not my will, but thine be done. Because God was all in all to him. God was Lord to him. So he said, not my will, but the folk with the root bag. You know what I'm talking about? Folk with the root bag that are going hither and thither. Here and there, in and out, up and down, self-willed. Not your will be done, Lord. So he's not Lord. Because according to 1 Corinthians, the word declares that he has set the members in the body as it pleased him, not as it pleased them. I don't like what's going on here. I'm out of here. There's a thousand churches out there, not where you're supposed to be. I don't care if it was 20,000 churches out there. You're rooted and grounded where he set you in the body. Hallelujah. Self-will is self-lord. I'm my own Lord. I do what I want to do. Then I ask God to bless it. That's self-will. That's the cancer that's in the body of Christ. But I want you to know something. God is starting to straighten out. He's starting to straighten out some of that self-will. From those, some of those who've been calling him Lord, they're going to be exposed. They're going to be exposed. 
Some of them that are, that are calling Jesus Lord, that are sitting where he didn't set them, he's going to have them scoot them out. Get them out. Get them out of here. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean get them out of here? Get out. If he has to speak to the pastor and tell him to stand up and point at him and tell him, you get out. You don't belong here. And not tell them where they're supposed to go. You just get out. You just don't belong here. That's how some of this self-will is going to be exposed. See, because it's, it's a cancer in the body of Christ. The, the, the church could learn something from the mafia. They're loyal. They're faithful. They're committed. And they're there. And we don't jump families. See, they got a covenant too. They got a covenant. You jump this family, you be pushing up daisies. Or as they say, sleeping with the fishes. Okay? But the body of Christ has this cancer where they think that they can have a root bag and they just go where they want to go, when they want to go, self-willed. Self-willed. And it's being exposed. See, judgment always begins at the house of the Lord. But I want I, I got a flash for you. It begins with the leadership. That's why you see a whole lot of folk getting into trouble. They're not getting into trouble now. They've been in trouble. They're just exposed now. And when that season is over, then it's going to visit the pews. I want you to know what's coming. See, God forecasts and then he fulfills. So when you see it happening to us up here, don't go to judging. No, your day is coming. Amen. Your day is coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's turn over there to 1 Corinthians 12, please. Because you can't assume that everybody knows what you're talking about. That's why you have the scriptures. That's why he said, let it not depart from your eyes. You need to look at it. Even when you can quote it. Look at it anyway. 1 Corinthians 12. Where am I? I need to find it myself. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. As it hath pleased him. As it hath pleased him. Not us. We're not seated for our pleasure. We're seated for his pleasure because he's Lord. Amen. I remember when I was out at RLCC, I loved it there. Didn't want to go. He said, no, I want you to go over here to this little storefront church in Harlem. That didn't please me. He didn't ask me. He didn't ask me. Nor was he looking for suggestions of where I might go. He said, you come out of there and you go over here. And I would, I would go, what I would do is I would go there for the early morning service so I could still be there for the service out of the will of God, getting the word. I would go there and then I would come back to this other little storefront. I'd come back and I'd sit outside for till maybe 12 o'clock, 10 to 12, because they never started on time anyway. Amen. If you go in there 11 o'clock, the pots are bubbling. They cooking the grits and the sausage. If you go in there 11 o'clock and the pastor got to wait till they finish cooking, then he eat and then, then he come out. And that might be 10 to 12, might be 10 after 12. Okay. So I stayed outside in my car, listening to a tape or something. And, and the Lord spoke to me and said, what time does church start? I knew exactly what he was saying. Well, he, I, I mean, I knew exactly. God can talk to you in such a way, you know exactly what he's saying. He said, what time does church start? 
I said, well, it's supposed to. Now, watch me now. I'm Watch me. I'm Hey, I'm pleading my case. I said, well, it's supposed to start at 11 o'clock, but they don't never start at 11 o'clock. I mean, you know, they got their cooking and the pastor's in the back and they talking and he might be getting dressed, anything, you know, and they don't never start till 12 o'clock. So he let me go through this whole thing. Then he said again, what time does church start? So I went back. I went after it again. I said, well, Lord, you know, it's supposed to start at 11 o'clock. We know what time it's supposed to start, but they never start up. So what time does church start? See, I'm talking about the order of God here. You see, see the order of God. He's not interested in what people do. He's not interested in whether they whether they got their root sack and they running back and forth hither and thither. I'm talking to you. Never mind about them. What are you doing? So finally, my lightning quick mind, I caught on. So I said, okay, Lord, okay, okay. So I started going at 11 o'clock. And I go sit in the pulpit till 12 o'clock when they was finished eating. But I was there. I was there. I was on time. That was the key. Because if he's Lord, did you hear me? If he's Lord, what difference does it make what other people do? If he's Lord, I have to listen to him. Hallelujah. And it's not as I please, is as it pleases him. And then you look down at the 28th verse. And God had set some in the church. Notice, he set some in the church. And now he's talking about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Notice, they are set in the church also. He didn't set them on the corner with a shingle. Everybody got to have a shingle. Well, you know, I get, I get God speaks to me. So what? He talks to everybody. I was a sinner. Heathen. Didn't go to church. Didn't read the Bible. And he spoke to me. What does that mean? Does that mean I'm supposed to get a shingle? The right reverend, so and so. Why? Because God talks to me. God talked to donkeys. He talked to trees. He talked to everything. It has, has no bearing on whether you're called to the five-fold ministry or not. It's, it's, it's the cancer of self-will. Every church split is the cancer of self-will. I don't like the way he's doing it. Let's go start our own. And you gather up a bunch a bunch of other self-willed -will people out of that bunch and you go start your self-willed church. Hallelujah. It's a cancer. And I'm telling you, God's going to start exposing it. He's going to begin to expose it in the, some of the ways that you least expected. And some of the people that you least expected to come from, they're going to be exposed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's turn, please, to uh, Acts chapter 16. No, first turn to Romans. You're closer there. You're closer there. Turn to Romans. Romans 11. Romans 11. Hallelujah. I'm victorious. Jesus was victorious. But do you know Jesus had to take a whipping? In all his victory, he had to take a whipping. With all his victory, he had to go to the cross. With all his victory, he had to go to the grave. With all his victory, he had to go to hell. But with all his victory, he rose up. But he had to go through all those steps. And we don't want to go through nothing. Soon as a little something come up, self-will rises up. I'm out of here. That's painful. I don't want no pain. All who will live godly 
will suffer persecution. I ain't saying nobody going to beat you up or nothing like that, even though that is happening to some. But you're going to be persecuted. You're going to go through some stuff. Amen. Sometimes the persecution is mental. And you know, sometimes mental pain is worse than physical pain. Amen. I'm telling you, sometimes it's, it's worse. I mean, you go through some stuff mentally. Amen. I mean, it, it hurts. It hurts deep. Well, you say faith deep, deep, oh, deep down, down. <laughs> Amen. You got, you got some serious hurt, okay? But you you see, but if you're if you're set and you're in the will of he who is Lord, you stay set. You don't uproot yourself. It, it's Romans chapter 11. Hallelujah. Verse uh, 13. Listen here, listen here. For, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. For I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am the Apostle of the Gentiles. I magnify mine office. This is my office. The Apostle Paul is saying, this is my office. I'm an apostle, and I'm an apostle to the Gentiles. That's my calling. That's my election. That's what God told me to do. That's what my Lord told me to do. Okay? Now I'll turn to Acts 16, please. Acts the 16th chapter, the fifth verse. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Now when they had gone through, right, Parigia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden, wait a minute, forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Now, this is Paul. This is Paul. His ministry is he's an apostle to the Gentiles. That's where the Gentiles are, in Asia. And he was forbidden to go there. He is forbidden to preach to them in Asia. Why? Because Jesus is Lord. I don't care what your calling is. I don't care if you're called to be an apostle to the Gentiles. He is still Lord. And if he tells you, you speak to this Gentile, but don't you speak to that one. If he's Lord, you don't speak to that one. There are people who tell, they want to take, listen, I'm a prophet. And I come here and I prophesy, pastor, you need to do this, that, the other thing. Not here. You better go prophesy across the street. You're not doing it here. This is not who you call to. If you was called to tell me something, he would tell me because he's Lord. He would let me know you coming and you're going to say such and such and I'm to follow through. So here it is. Paul called to be an apostle to the Gentiles wants to go. He wanted to go. If he didn't want to go, he wouldn't have been forbidden to go. He was, he probably had made plans to go, and the Holy Ghost said, No. How can you say that? Lord. So I can say that. He's Lord. He can tell you, yea, nay. All right? So, hallelujah. Mm. All right, verse five again. Ah, uh, six, I'm sorry. Now, when they had gone throughout Pyrigia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to My Mycia, they assayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered or permitted them not. He said, no, you can't go there either. But I'm an apostle to the Gentiles. And there's more Gentiles over there. You wouldn't let me go to here, so I want to go over there. No. Now, you want to argue with me? If you want to argue with me, then I'm not Lord. Oh, 
wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you got to be clear on what he's saying. That's why I started out by, by, by uh, saying to you what I had recently realized as far as the ministry was concerned, that the international takes first place and the, and the church takes second place. He's Lord. He can tell me that. How, what right do I have to say, no, I ain't doing that? No, no, no. I think this is more important. What right do I have to say that? I have every right if I'm self-willed and he's not Lord. Are you getting this? I'm, I'm, okay, I want to make sure I'm talking to the right crowd. Hallelujah. All right, so <laughs> he was forbidden. He was forbidden of the Holy Ghost to go, even though that was his calling. So a lot of times a self-willed person, they want to use God to justify their self-will. I'm called to do such and such, and you won't let me do it. Mark that one. Mark that one. They're, they're on the way to trouble. Because you see, God has an order. And God's order is, I tell the one in charge, and the one in charge will tell you. God's not going to go by the one in charge and speak to you for you to go tell the one in charge what to do. Hallelujah. That reminds me of, uh, of uh, Dr. Al Harvey from Crenshaw, Dr. Price's church. He went to Dr. Al, at that time he was Al Harvey. He was just the, uh, uh, one of the, I believe one of the deacons there. He said, well, Al, I didn't get that. To what? Dr. Price said, I didn't get that. I, I, I didn't get that. So uh, I, I can't say God speak to you. He said, so what do you, what do you think? What, I mean, what do you think I should do? You know? He said, I think you ought to just sit down and wait. And if it is so, when the time is right, the Lord will tell me and I'll let you know. Amen. So in, in somewhat in the process of time, uh, Al was involved with uh, youth ministry and the thing was, it was clicking and he wanted to do some kind of special project and Dr. Price said, no, I'm shutting it down. So Brother Al went to the Lord in prayer. What's wrong with this man? I mean, we just got this thing clicking. And Brother Al said, the Lord spoke to him and said, whose church is that? Shut him up right quick. And I believe it was 10 years. 10 years later, Dr. Price called him into his office and said, the Lord spoke to me. It's time for you to start that church in St. Louis. 10 years now, wait a minute. Listen to this. Al heard correctly. But he was set under authority. He was set. See, but the self-will will crowd, I don't know what the Lord said to me. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm out of here. See, we try to treat the church like the world. We try to treat the church like the world. If we're in business together, we got a contract, we just break the contract and go somewhere else because I think I can do better. This is not a club. It's not a corporation that you, that you can break contracts. This is the body of Christ as a living organism. It's alive and it has a head, and the head is Jesus, and Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. So what if he's wrong? The word declares, who are you to judge another man's servant? I put him up. I can set him down. Don't you judge him. I'm his Lord. 
<clears throat> See, the body of Christ doesn't want to hear this stuff. They don't want to hear that. You know, it's like, huh, that's, no, no, I mean, you know, I mean, come on. I know the Lord just as well as you do. I'm, you remember somebody else saying that? You remember Moses' brother and sister? I know the Lord just as well as you do. He speaks to me just like he speaks to you. Who are you to uh, tell me what to do? The Lord said, pull them, bring them over here. Bring them, bring them over here. Bring them over here. Let me talk to them. Let me talk to them. Let me give them a little demonstration. Signs and wonders and demonstrations of the spirit. Okay? Boom. Leprous. Why? Because why her and not why her and not not the brother? Why not Aaron? Because she was the spokesperson. She was the instigator. So God made her the example. Made her leprous right in front of everybody. Everybody felt that, oh Lord, oh gee, wait a minute, God, no, wait a minute. What happened? Look, remember, everything in the Old Testament was written for examples or examples for us. What we saw there are samples or examples of what's going to happen again. That's why I say to you, some of this stuff is going to be exposed. And it's going to be exposed with signs and wonders. It's going to be miraculous how it's going to be exposed. And those that were under covers are going to be put on top of the covers. The covers are going to be pulled off of them. Hallelujah. Is Jesus Lord or is he not Lord? Ever been to a hard place? He's still Lord. Ever been to a place of lack? He's still Lord. He didn't come looking for you. You signed up. Amen. Nobody forced you to put your hand up, confess him as Lord. That was your own of your own free will. You know, we are the only creatures on the earth that have a free will that we're not supposed to use. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. See, it's a test. You have a free will. And your faith kicks in so that you don't use it. I want you to think about that. See, that's where your faith kicks in. When your free will wants to rise up, whoop, 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 no, not my will, but thine be done. Mm. I'll let you chew on that a while. Chew on that tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, turn to. My Lord, turn to First Kings, please, real quickly. Ooh. Hallelujah. I'm just getting wound up and the clock doesn't run out. First Kings chapter 17. First Kings chapter 17, verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be, that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. Now, because his Lord instructed him to go to the brook, he went to the brook, and the provision was at the brook. What you say? Wherever you're set, that's where your provision is. 
God sends the provision to where you're set, not to where you go. Not to where you go. You go where you want. You can be self-willed and go where you want to, but the provision will be go will go to where you will set. Hallelujah. He could have said, Lord, but this is a nice city. I can stay here. Won't you send the raven here? Then he wouldn't be Lord. Be self-will involved. He said, go to the brook. God can provide for you anywhere. Did you hear what I said? God can provide for you anywhere. He didn't have to go to the brook for God to provide, but God said go to the brook because that's where he was sending the provision. And he's Lord, so he has the right to tell you to go to the brook. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, we, we just read over stuff. Oh, that's a nice little story. No, he's trying to tell you something. Dummy, wake up. I'm going to send the provision to where I told you to go. He could have starved to death or died of thirst anywhere but at the brook Cherith. And God would let him do it. He let him starve to death or die of thirst. His own prophet. Why? Because of the cancer of self-will. Are you hearing me? See, this ain't, this ain't good for Sunday. Might run the heathen out. <laughs> Amen. What? Get me out of here. <laughs> okay, let's go on. Verse 7. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up. But Lord, you told me to come to the brook. Because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, <laughs> you can always expect the word of the Lord in the hard places. God didn't get caught off guard. God wasn't caught to where he didn't know that the, the brook was going to dry up. God knew the brook was going to dry up when he sent him there. You God, you omniscient. Why don't you send me to the river? That ain't going to blow, gonna dry up. No, no, no. Obedience. Obedience. I want you to know if I'm really Lord. How else are you going to know if I'm really Lord? Unless I can instruct you and you follow instruction. So verse 8. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded. And you say, I asked her. This is one of mine, and I'm Lord. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Feed you, take care of you. Say what? What you thinking? What was that? What was that? I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain you, to feed you, to take care of you. Verse 10. So he arose and went to Zarephath. So he arose and went to Zarephath. So he arose and went to Zarephath. How come? Because he's Lord. He's Lord. He told me to go to Zarephath. 
He's commanded somebody there to sustain me. He's Lord. I'm going. I'm pulling on my boots. Hallelujah. <laughs> Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zion, and dwell there. Behold, I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel. <laughs> and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. That we may eat it and die. I, I only got this little bit of meal. I got this little bit of oil. There's two of us. I'm trying to gather some sticks together so I can make a fire and we're going to have this last meal. We're going to have a last supper right here. Me and my boy. But God said, I've commanded her to sustain you. So he didn't look at the circumstance. He didn't look at where, where she was. He didn't listen to her word. He had already received his Lord's word. His Lord's word said, she's going to sustain you. Hallelujah. That brings me back to Sunday. What did God say to you? We were, we're so concerned about what it looks like. That's how we move out from under him being Lord. Because we're concerned about what it looks like. We try to make our own provision. The prophet didn't do that. The prophet said to the woman, fear not. Sound like God. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first. Why? Because Lord said, you are going to take care of me. Wait a minute. Lord said, you are going to take care of me. You are going to sustain me. What does that mean? Go back to the order of God. What I said to you about the international ministry is first. The church is second. The order of God here is you take care of the prophet first. And then I'll take care of you. He said first for a reason. He didn't say go make something and then you guys eat and I'll wait. No, no. He's got to follow the order of God. She's supposed to sustain me. See, that, that, that goes against everything in your thinking. That's why you don't think. Don't think. If you think, you'll mess it up. Amen. Just read it and do it. Read it and do it. Hear it, do it. Don't reason it. Because I guarantee you, your reasoning will change it around. Hallelujah. So, the prophet said, <laughs> make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me and after make for thee and for thy son. Do you see that? He's following the order of God. Now right there is reason for folk to get up from the church. I'm out of here. Pastor got that new car that I'm still riding around in this rag. I'm out of here. No, no, no. First things first. 
Yours is coming if you stay the course. But he's got to get his first. See, folk don't want to preach that, but that's the order of God. And I don't care whether you get mad or not. That's the order of God. Take care of him first. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay. okay. All right. Here we go. 14. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she, she the widow, and he, the prophet, and her house did eat many days. The place of provision, the order of God, Self-will, the curse of, the cancer of, self-will out of the way. Now, her self-will could have said, okay, I'll go make it, but I'm going to give it to my baby first. That's the natural thinking. Take care of my child first. Mm. Mm. But God is not subject to your natural thinking. He has plan and purpose, and his plan and purpose may tell you, no, you feed him first, then feed your baby. And if you do that, I'll take care of you. But if you're self-willed, you, your baby, all y'all going to be in trouble because you're not allowing him to be Lord. Hmm. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We bless you for your word, Lord God. We glorify you and magnify you. Give your name the glory for everything in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's Living by Faith podcast. We trust you received something out of today's message. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at New FMCF. Friend us on Facebook at Faith Mission Christian Fellowship International. And always remember, be not afraid, only believe. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus is Lord, and he is coming soon.